Hello, and welcome to episode zero of the Elusive Dream podcast. I'm Pastor Richard Wesley Johnson. And I'm Dr. Corey Little-Edwards. And together we are the co-hosts of the Elusive Dream podcast. And I am so excited, y'all. This is a dream come true. Yes, I am excited as well, Pastor Rich, to be going on this journey with you. Yeah. So when we thought about names for this podcast, one rose right up to the top for me without a question, without a doubt, to call it the elusive dream. Why are we calling it the elusive dream? Mm, oh, wow. Well, there was somebody who wrote a book called The Elusive Dream. That's right. That's Who was that? <laughs> who that was? I wrote a book called The Elusive Dream that came out back in 2008. And in that book, I talked about multiracial churches mm-hmm. and how the multiracial churches work. And so in this podcast, we are going to be springboarding off of ideas that I developed in that book. But we're going to be really linking it to the gospel, right? The book is really an academic book, but we want to take this opportunity to talk about the elusive dream and what's the good news that's out there. Yeah, that book came out two years before I started a multiracial church in 2010, and it was highly influential to me at the start of that journey. Uh, And then when I found out that you were right here in Columbus, Ohio, we had to meet in person, but uh, I didn't walk away very encouraged from that (laughs) meeting, (laughs) but I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, uh, We're going to talk about that in future episodes, but why us? Well, I bring almost 20 years of time uh, studying multiracial churches as I'm a professor, uh, and so I've been doing this for a bit, and you are a practitioner, right? So we have an opportunity here, which we're really excited about, to bring together a scholarly perspective as well as a practitioner perspective on what the elusive dream really is. Mm -hmm. What are the barriers to achieving the elusive dream, Uh, particularly as it relates to what many call the multiracial church movement Mm -hmm. and how at times um, there are challenges that come to that. And so we want to really look at what is the good news in the church in America. Yeah, we want to connect race and faith together, right? I've been pastoring for almost 20 years now and started a multiracial church uh, almost 10 years ago in 2010. Uh, And what I've learned over those 10 years is how critical it is to keep it real. (laughs) I had some I had some rose colored glasses in the in those (laughs) beginning days. And if we don't keep it real, we actually perpetuate some of those barriers. We build those barriers so I've learned that the truth is what sets us free. Amen. The truth, right? Can I get a witness, somebody? Yes, you can. Come yes, on now. yes. And we need the whole truth, not just half of a truth. That's right. That's right. We can't have a portion of the truth. We can't have a half of the truth. We got to tell the whole truth. And what I learned is that, you know, when we're dealing with uh, multiracial churches, people experience a good deal of strain and pain living out the gospel. Um, And so the reason why we do need to speak and talk about the truth is to relieve some of that pain. Uh, In sociology, there's this concept we talk about the sociological imagination. And so what we're really going to be doing is giving people an awareness, uh, an imagination, a sociological imagination of why it's so difficult at times to live out the good news, and especially in racially diverse churches. Well, why now? I mean, with everything going on in the world today, why now? Wow. Well, you know what? The reality is the United States has been a racially divided, a religiously divided country since 
the beginning, mm-hmm. since even before it was actually a country. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but we have seen um, over periods of time where, you know, that that reality has been dormant, right? We're still living out and not really paying attention. Uh, but now we are in a moment where it's no longer dormant. We are seeing uh, the pain of that racialization. We are seeing the pain of that racism right on the surface. And people are getting hurt and people are experiencing that hurt. And so uh, this is a time for us to really uh, speak into that. Yeah, we're in a cultural moment. And and that hurt is not just being experienced out in the broader culture it's being experienced right in the church. Little C, broad church, uh, people who are followers of Jesus are experiencing that division. They're experiencing that pain, and particularly for people of color mm-hmm. and people of color, even in multiracial churches. Mm-hmm. Now, it's no coincidence that we are releasing this podcast, MLK Weekend 2021, okay? That's significant for us, you and me, Dr. Corey, because we're both impacted by the life, the faith, the teaching of Dr. MLK. But are we talking about Dr. King's dream in this podcast? Well, in part, in part, right? You know, everybody uh, is familiar with Dr. Martin Luther King's famous I Have a Dream speech. So in part, we are. But really, that dream began a long, long time before that speech was delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking over 2,000 years. And that dream began with Jesus. Come on now. And Jesus is wanting us as humankind to come together as the beloved community. Yeah, the beloved community that Jesus described is to love God and to love your neighbor as yourself. That's the beloved community. That's right. That's right. And so there can be this emphasis on getting certain people in the church, certain racial groups in the church. But we are saying that all churches, regardless of their racial composition, ought to be about the beloved community. That's right. That it's really about the church discipling people to grow in the fullness of their God-given belovedness and freedom found in Christ for our souls. Yes. A lot of, there's a theology out there that really just emphasizes the souls, but also our minds, our emotions, and our bodies. And we cannot have or do that without dealing with race, especially in the American context. So to be a part of the beloved community then is to address racial injustice. And this is everybody's work, Mm -hmm. regardless of your racial background. Mm -hmm. This is not just a people of color issue. This is a everybody issue. And for everyone, particularly, I'm speaking to clergy now, Mm -hmm. who are leaders of organizations and churches who are responsible for preaching and teaching and giving proper theology that points to God's belovedness for all people and building that beloved community. Mm -hmm. So if they're getting on this journey towards racial justice with a destination in mind, eventually they'll they'll close themselves off from the God of justice Mm. and they won't do the work of relational justice and uh, justice in their congregation and even out in uh, the political sphere. And so I remember listening to Dr. King's speech and feeling compelled to plant a multiracial church as the answer to Dr. King's dream. Well, you know what, Pastor Rich, I actually got into studying multiracial churches because I thought they would be the answer. Mm -hmm. But then I found out that that dream was 
the beloved community. That's right. Yeah, That's it right. was more than the dream. It was about the beloved community. And and honestly, in, in the last 10 years, I, I can see where multiracial churches are actually barriers to the beloved community. Mm. Can Can you tell us how that is? Well, we're going to get there. Oh, that's right. This <laughs> is just episode there. zero. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, but we're going to touch upon several topics on this journey along the way. We are going to talk about what makes the dream so elusive. We're also going to address justice, mm-hmm. diversity, uh, or is it justice and diversity? Mm-hmm. Uh, something that we absolutely need to talk about that gets lost in the conversation of multi-ethnic churches, multiracial churches, is the black church. Somehow that's not addressed. And what's quite curious about that is Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was embedded in the black church. That's right. And his call was out of the black church. And somehow that got lost. And so we are going to be emphasizing the value and the voice of the black church mm-hmm. uh, on this podcast. And then we're also going to be talking about language. Right, that how we talk about these issues really matters. Uh, is it is it really diversity that we should be talking about? Is it reconciliation, mm-hmm. or are there other uh, ways in which we need to be talking about this to better tell the truth, to be more accurate, to be more clear? Yeah, that brings to mind uh, the project that you worked on, the five year study mm-hmm. called the Religious Leadership and Diversity Project, of which I got to be a part of your team and interview clergy down south. Yes, very grateful and, for that. Oh, it was so fun, and and I learned so much. And one of the things I learned is that pastors of multiracial churches said we need better language. Yes. We need accurate language yes. to describe what it is that we're trying to accomplish. Yes, yes. The Religious Leadership and Diversity Project, the RLDP, um, and was something that, you know, we did. We had a large study across the country, and we got a chance to hear the stories of over 100 pastors of multiracial churches. And what we learned is that, you know, this is this is hard work. And it's so in many ways, work. this podcast uh, is also in response to that. Yeah, so in in the the language that we need to develop has to be honest. Yes. And and one of the honest things we we need to talk about is the extensiveness of su- systems of supremacy, right? Mhm. And really all systems of supremacy are barriers to living out the beloved community. That's right. But we will especially in this podcast address white supremacy. Yes, yes, we absolutely do. We'll also talk about some theologians who have spoken about justice whose voices need amplified. Uh, like Gustavo Gutierrez, uh, Howard Thurman, Deanna Hayes, uh, James Cone, Ida B. Wells, Frederick Douglass. Uh, these are some folks that we need to listen to and learn from. And we're also going to talk about why this is so hard, especially for white people. Yeah. Uh, but we'll end our season talking about the strength to love. Yes. Dr. King's strong love. message in continuing on this journey. Absolutely. That book, that book is so uh, relevant uh, for today, it's so appropriate, even for today, Dr. King's compilation of sermons on the strength to love. So, yes, we're going to spend some time on that. And this this season of The Elusive Dream is going to be about eight episodes. And I want our listeners to know you won't complete the journey when you finish this podcast season. You will have just begun. Right, Dr. Corey? That's right. That's right. So we do hope you will join us on this journey. So uh, let me tell you, uh, you can stay engaged and connected uh, via Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. 
Yes, thank you all for listening, subscribing, and sharing the Elusive Dream podcast. Dr. Corey, where can people find you? Yes, you can follow me on Twitter. Look for Corey Little Edwards. That's spelled K-O-R-I-E, Little Edwards. And you can find me at Rich Johnson online on Instagram or Twitter. Those are the two primary places that uh, you'll find me engaged. Uh, Dr. Corey, how do we want people to remember this episode? Well, everyone, the dream may be elusive, but it is attainable. That's a good word.